0: Hey friends, welcome to the Collide Midweek Podcast These episodes are recorded every Wednesday night at our midweek gathering For those of you who may have missed it, or just want to hear it again We hope that the following episode encourages you to know, grow, and go in your faith Alright, can you hear me? You can hear me? Sweet Um, that is such a beautiful song, Same God Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit tonight about how the Lord is consistent through change and how Jesus is the most important thing in our lives, regardless of what happens or what things are influencing us or are around us. So what a beautiful song. Thank you, Stephen, for singing that and leading us tonight. Um, I'm obviously not Kevin. I am Parker. Uh, You can call me Parker. You can call me PC if you want to keep up a little two-letter name. If you want to, I'm good with either. But since you guys don't really know me yet, I wanted to take tonight to do a little bit of an introduction as to who I am. And then uh, we'll play a little game at the end, but we'll get into a message in a little bit. Um, I'm going to move a little quickly because I've been told that small group leaders like their time. So we're going to move a little quickly. Just keep me on track if I get off of, onto a story. Um, anyway, the first slide, if it's up there, should be a picture of my family at our wedding. That is my beautiful wife, Carly. Um, you can call her Carl. I call her that sometimes. It's, it just works for us. And our dogs, I'm not going to tell you their names because that's one of the questions later. You'll, you'll see. But they're really cute, so we love them so much. They, they run our household. The little, the purebred beagle does. She's a snooty little girl. But um, that's our family. And we, on the next slide, we are having another member uh, join us pretty soon. Um, baby girl will be here in February. So we're beyond excited to bring her into this world and to raise her in the ways of the Lord in this family of Collide, in this family of OBC. We're, we're so excited to to have her here and meet her pretty soon. A um, little bit about me. I was born in Arizona, so West Coast people, if you're out there, you guys all understand that in and out really isn't as good as people say it is. Um, it People hype it up too much. It's really not that good. If you go out there, you can try it for yourselves, but... West Coast. I moved out here. We lived in Raleigh with my family for the past 12 years, so that's been home for me for a while. Um, you guys call me a, a city boy because you guys are from the sticks, but um, Raleigh's my home. That's where I kind of grew up. Played soccer all my life. I still I don't play soccer anymore. I watch a lot of soccer now, but I played soccer all my life. I played at App State, NC State, and then that was me when I was only a little shorter in the orange jersey. I think is up there. Um, Played all my life. I love it. And it's a big part of my part of my story. It was, a lot of my identity was found in sports and in soccer. And uh, fullness was found in my kind of acceptance and identity as a soccer player. And I took a lot of work from the Lord breaking through into my heart to show me that that's not who I am. So you guys will hear that over um, the time that we spend together. That that's a big part of my story. And I still am passionate about it, but um, really... Our identity is in the Lord, and thankfully he's shown me that and been so faithful in, in all of that. You guys will learn more about my family over time. Uh, you'll see them around. You'll see uh, the baby when she comes. She'll be here every once in a while. Hopefully you get to meet our dogs. Uh, they're great. They'll jump on you, but they love you guys. And um, really, if the next slide is up there, it should be just a Collide logo. Carly and I, we have such a passion for students and a passion for you guys. So we're really, really thankful to be here and to be able to or to be entrusted with leading you guys and leading your volunteers. You have an incredible group of volunteers, and we have such a heart for you guys. I just wanted to let you know that we're really excited to be here. And um, my goal is to, to love you guys all well and to point you to Jesus, just as Kevin did so faithfully for all the years that he was here, 13 or 14 years I think he was here, and he's faithfully led you guys, uh, pointing you to Christ. So I want to continue that. Um, I want to get to know you guys too. My contact information is on the back of the sermon outline, Feel free to add my number, text me, don't call me yet, maybe later, Uh, it's too soon. You can text me, uh, maybe before 8 o'clock at night, and I'll text you guys back, want to get to know you guys. Follow me on Instagram, I'll follow you back, I promise, and want to get to know you guys there too. I don't think anybody uses Twitter anymore, but if you use Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter, I don't tweet anything, but you can just follow me there. Um, There's a lot of change right now going on with Collide. It was a new year, new school. A lot of you, is was your first day back at school, or yesterday was. And with the leadership change, I just wanted to affirm that Collide and the identity of Collide does not change. Um, Collide does not change because it's not defined by its leader. It's defined by the person of Jesus Christ and you guys. You guys make up what Collide is. Kevin before and me now. Uh, someone just followed me. Oh, thanks, guys. I'll follow you back later. <laughs> um, put your phone away, though. Get back to the notes. Um, the does not change. It's defined by Jesus and the people in it, which is you guys. And that makes it so incredible and thriving and beautiful. It's just not defined by me. And it was not defined by Kevin before. I hope you guys see that in its consistency as we move forward. And I know it's sad that Kevin isn't here anymore. Um, KB, sorry. I keep calling him Kevin. But KB, you guys know him as KB. Same thing. Okay. Um, it's sad that he isn't here anymore. I mean, I barely knew him, but I already miss him because I was just excited for him to be here. Um, And I'm not here to replace what he's done. I'm here to continue the mission of Collide, which should be the next slide, to help you guys, high school students, love Jesus and everybody else. And you guys know this. It was um, ingrained in you that you do that by knowing, growing, and going. And we hope to do that every week through every midweek, through every event, through every camp and mission trip. Those things will all stay the same as well. Just wanted to make sure you do that as well. We're not like tossing everything out of the window. We're staying consistent with what you guys have been doing in the past. We'll continue to do that moving forward. And yeah, Jason started this this group. The guy who sings up on stage on Sunday mornings, he started the youth group here. KB developed it into Collide, how you know it. And I don't know where the Lord has me taking it from here on out. We'll see what he has for us as we move forward. But I'm really excited to see what he has in store for us. I'm praying that he continues to just, just work in the way that he has been up until this point and continues to uh, be here with us and and guiding us as we know and trust that he will. Um, To dive into the message a little bit, it is from Colossians. We're going to see how Jesus brings us to fullness and is defining above every other influence in our lives. Um, So the background of Colossians, well, I'll tell you where it is in a second. You can go ahead and start turning to Colossians. I'll just tell you now. It's Colossians 2, verse 6. You guys can turn there. Um, I hope you have... uh, a Bible, a physical Bible, a paper Bible. It's better than the phone. So if you have one, bring it. If not, let me get one for you. If you have your phone right now, you can pull it up um, on the Bible app or on version. But as you're going there, background to Colossians is that it was written by Paul to the church at Colossae. At the time, they were under attack from false teachers claiming that Jesus was not God. So that's just a little bit of context to the, to the letter. Go ahead and open up to Colossians 2. I'll read it for us, we'll pray, and then we'll dive into it. So, uh, 6 through 10 is where we're at. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceitful, deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in human form, bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this place. Thank you for these students. Thank you for your living and breathing word that we get to read from and learn from and follow. Thank you just for the guidance that it has, the wisdom that it has. We pray that you would use me tonight to to point people to Jesus and to show how the gospel is so, so important in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So starting at verse six, Paul says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Now, it's important the way that he sets that up. He says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. That means continuing should be the way that you were saved by Jesus Christ. And what does that look like? When you're saved by Jesus Christ, it's a transformation. You place trust in him and there's sacrificial surrender to the person of Jesus. It doesn't stop when you're saved. First point on your outline should be that your life should be transformed by Jesus continuously. It shouldn't stop when you be saved or when you are saved. When you're saved, you are fully saved. Jesus died for us and when you accept him into your heart and commit your life to follow him and give give your life to the Lord, you are saved, fully redeemed. Your life, at that moment, though, it only begins when you begin to you begin to pursue pursue Jesus. Right then, when you're saved, it doesn't stop. We see that a lot of times. People get saved, and then they're like, "Okay, I'm good, I'm saved, I made it, I don't have to worry about it anymore." That's not true. What Paul says here is really clear. You have to continue to live your life in Him as you were saved or born again, full of joy, grace, and truth, while daily laying our lives down at the feet of the Lord because of what he has done for us. And again, the people at Colossae, they were being tempted by false teachers. It was easier for them to be tempted because they were not continuously, by the power of God, being transformed into his image, trusting in him with everything, and surrendering to him daily. So we need to be consistent in us allowing the Lord to work in our hearts just as we were saved as we move forward, or we will be more likely to be tempted into things and be influenced by things of this world. Moving on to Verse 7, the first part of it, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught. Um, Now, that brings to mind this imagery that Paul's using here. What do roots do? Roots grow unseen by the naked eye to support and enable future growth by the visible part of the plant. On your outline, the point should be that they absorb what they're rooted in, enabling growth. So Paul uses the imagery of a plant and roots When you spend time in the Word of God and praying, that isn't seen by the people around you. Roots are underground. You don't see them. uh, You don't see your friends reading. You don't see them praying. You do it at times. But real time spent with the Lord, consistent time spent with the Lord, is usually done on your own. It's where people don't really see you doing that. It's the roots. Fruit is what comes as a result of your roots. You have to be rooted in the Word to see fruit come as a result. You have to be saved by Christ, first off, but you have to be rooted in the Word to see fruit in your life. Um, You absorb, the second kind of point here, this isn't on your outline, but you absorb what you're rooted in. It's not just that you're rooted. You have to be careful as to what you're rooted in. If you're rooted in something besides Christ, you will grow to become like that thing. If you continue to absorb things and absorb influences around you, if you're rooted in uh, confidence in yourself or in pride, you're gonna see yourself begin to grow to depending upon yourself in moments where you should be depending upon the Lord. And that leads to further pride. And further, deeper roots set in that. It's like a continuous negative cycle. You have to have your roots set in the right thing, in the Word of God, and in the person of Jesus Christ, to grow in your faith, to become more like Jesus moving forward. It's really important that where our foundation is, is in the Word of God. Um, when you're rooted in Him, you will be built up in Him, and your faith will be strengthened by Him. The second part of that verse is that, uh, rooted in Him and strengthened, as strengthened as in your faith as you were taught. When you think of these massive trees, um, they have really big roots. I know this because a massive tree fell on my car uh, just last month, and there's really big roots came out of the ground. And it was pretty obvious because they were sticking up in the air at that point. But what those roots should have been doing is securing that tree, and they had rotted away, so kind of this is where my analogy ends. But those roots had rotted away, and they weren't really there anymore. Um, But the tree fell on my car, and we could see these roots were massive. That's what was holding this big tree in the ground you have to have deeper and deeper roots to grow more and more in your faith. They have to be set in the right things, in the right soil, which is the word of God and in the person of Jesus, in order for you to grow in your faith. And this is what Paul is trying to share with the uh, Colossians at the time. Second part of verse seven is overflowing with kindness, overflowing, overflowing with thankfulness. Christ's death on the cross and us allowing to be rooted in his truth the word of God providing a foundation for us to grow and the Holy Spirit fueling the process of growth means that there should be gratitude flowing from us. That's on your outline. There should be gratitude or thankfulness flowing from us. If there's not thankfulness flowing from you consistently, naturally, then I really believe you need to evaluate the perspective that you have before the Lord. I just lost myself right here. Um, thankfulness needs to be flowing from you. My, my mom, she's a really selfless lady, and she always was. I didn't really see it when I was a kid, because as a kid, I just focused on myself. I just, that's all I cared about. Um, but we, we, I had three brothers. And we would, all, we would eat dinner, and we would always be hungry afterwards, because that's what growing boys do. They're just hungry. Or we would have cake sometimes, or candy, and um, we would just be hungry. And she would always give up her portion of food, or a little bit more to give to us, because we were hungry. And at the time, I was like, oh, great, more cake, or whatever. Um, but as I grew up and I began to think about what that meant for her to sacrifice what she could have eaten and enjoyed, because she was hungry too, but she gave it up for me, as soon as I began to orient my perspective towards what she had done, thankfulness emanated from me towards her. And it was only because my pr- perspective changed. At first, I was thinking about myself, and there was no thankfulness. I, was just, I just got more food. It was great. But as I grew up and I matured, I began to recognize her sacrifice and my thankfulness was natural flowing to her because of I saw what she did for me. How much more should we be thankful for what God has done for us? I mentioned it earlier, Christ died on the cross for us, he created us, he gave us his word to, to learn from, and he allows us to live in completion and fullness once we're saved in him. There should be immediate gratitude and thankfulness consistently in our lives because of this. When we don't have this, it means that our perspective is too focused on ourselves and it's natural. I do it all the time. I, I mean, every day you guys have things going on. You have school, you have sports, you have friends, you have people that you're hanging out with. You have distractions, and that's, it's natural. It's a long process to be comfortable with the way that these things work and be consistently grateful for what you have, but we need to evaluate that. It needs to be a consistent process. As Paul mentioned before, it has to be continuous throughout the course of your life. We need to be grateful for what we have. Colossians 3 Verses one through three, you guys don't have that, but it says, um, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated on the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When you have that perspective, you naturally feel gratitude for what he's done. Set your eyes on what he's done in him seated at, at the Father's right hand and you will feel grateful for what he's done for you. Encourage you guys to try that. Verse eight is a little change in points here. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. The point here is, what do you listen to for wisdom and guidance? Go ahead and fill it in on your outline. What do you listen to for wisdom and guidance? The world wants to, wants you to be steered away from what you believe in. Either naturally or subconsciously or consciously, consistently pursuing you to try and take you away from your faith. It wants to steer you away from what you believe in. It wants to rob you of the riches that you received when you were saved in Christ. Um, And the world is tempting. They're good at convincing things. I was talking to um, a high schooler earlier and even like stupid TikTok videos about flat earthers. And um, I'm not a flat earther, I have to say, because he thought I was, but I'm not a flat earther. But, But they do make really good points. If you listen to some of their videos, they make really good points. And I, I know the Earth, Earth isn't flat, but they say, you know, when you look at the ocean, like, you don't see a curve. It's like, okay, well, it's really big. But it's like, why don't you see a curve? And then you look at science, and it's like, you see pictures of the globe, and then they're like, well, that's made up because CGI is really good. And so you're like, I don't know, maybe. Long story short, like, I don't believe the Earth is flat, but they're pretty convincing in what they're, what they're trying to convince you of. Um, on a more serious note, we do have a very materialistic self-prioritizing damaging ideology that we see in our society today um, centered around self instead of God and centered around self-gratification instead of serving in, of God. It's appealing to us. It's naturally appealing to us. It's appealing to our sin nature and to our flesh. We have to battle with this all the time. Where did I lose myself again? I'm going to have to get used to this stuff. Um, yeah, relationships, podcasts, books, music, social media, TV shows, things we consume influence us. Whether we're seeking them out or not, the things we listen to influence us. And we need to be wary of these things and consume them in a balance. They have to be consumed, recognizing that they can influence us because a lot of times I don't think we notice that they do until all of a sudden we start to talk like people were watching in a show. And like I do that all the time. I watch a show and then I try and like talk like the main character or like one of the characters that I like, and I think I'm really cool when I do it. But you guys may notice that at some point, I'll like say my S's differently, and it's because the character in the show does it differently. I don't know, it's dumb. But things influence us. Whether we like them or not, things influence us. And this influences us. It's a natural thing. When you spend time in the Word of God, that influences you. So to encourage you, as music and social media and relationships and podcasts influence you, so does the Word of God. So I encourage you guys to spend time in the Word of God and be in communities like this where you're hearing truth and communities like Sunday morning at OBC where you're hearing truth. KB has faithfully shared the Scripture with you, as I hope to continue to do. And communities like this are really, really important for you maintaining and keeping your eye on what really matters in life. For verse 9, moving on, I've got to go quick now. Um, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. This is basically just showing that Jesus is fully God in human form, showing that he is trustworthy and good to be listened to. And then the first part of verse 10 says, and you have been filled in him. Their outline is you have been fully complete in Jesus. You're fully complete in the person of Jesus. You can try to find satisfaction in relationships, sports, work, when you guys grow up, or even now, success, appearances. I did it for a long, long time in soccer and trying to seek status and social status in in friends and people that I was hanging out with. And I can say for a fact, since my life has been changed, that Jesus is the only thing that makes you complete. There's nothing else that compares to when you truly give your life up to Jesus and give away what you were trying to seek before you gave your life up to him. Until you give that up, you will not be satisfied. I can promise you that. I, won't, I want you guys to hold me accountable. I'm careful with my words and I don't promise things unless I know for a fact that they are true. You will not be satisfied with your life until you give up what you are seeking for completion and for satisfaction and fullness until you give that up and find it in the person of Jesus. The leaders around here will, will, will agree with me on that. Uh, I hope, I guess. I don't know, maybe they won't, but I hope they will. And you have to give those things up and find them in Jesus. I, I can say nothing else. That's the most important thing. It changes your life. The most beautiful part about it is that he seeks you in that and he wants you to. It's not just us trying to find satisfaction. He wants to give it to you. He's already died and gave you the perfect opportunity to have it. By his death on the cross, by this word, by communities like this, you get to hear the gospel consistently, and it's, it's incredible. People around the world don't get to have this. It's unbelievable that we get to hear the gospel taught and see Jesus consistently in our lives. He desires to save you and to make you complete. All the way from the creation of the world, he was there when the world was created, to his death on the cross in 33 A.D., 2024, this new year, uh, he has desired a relationship with you. Everyone in this room with you. You are his creation, and he desires a relationship with you. If you don't know Jesus, or if you don't feel complete, don't leave tonight without either talking to somebody about it. I know that's really intimidating, so just reflect on it if you don't want to talk to somebody about it. A lot of us struggle with that, with not feeling complete, with not feeling satisfied in where our life is. Reflect on that at least tonight. I challenge you with that, At least reflect on why. Maybe think about what you're pursuing in life. Think about whether that can change, whether it should change. If not, okay, have a conversation about it. We can talk about it. I think it should change to be set on the person of Jesus Christ. That is my prayer, that you accept the gift that he offers you. And finishing up here is 10, the second part of verse 10, that he is the head over every power and authority. Jesus is the leader we follow, is the last outline. He is the head over this world. He is the head over the big C church, the worldly church, the head over this country, not the worldly church, the worldwide church, head over this country, the head of North Carolina, if there was such a thing, head of OBC, head of Collide. He was head over KB and he's continuing to be the leader and the head over me. My goal with Collide is that this would remain true, that we wouldn't be following Parker or PC, whatever you guys want to call me. We'd follow Jesus, that he would be the person that we seek in everything that we do, that we would live out his mission on this earth as we know grow, and go every single day of our lives and with everything that we do. Please pray for this to be true with Collide. I ask you guys to pray for, for me, to pray for the leaders, and to pray for um, just the Lord to work in this community. I ask you guys to join us as we pray for that. Um uh, close out tonight with prayer, then we'll hop into a little game. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Paul's letter to the Colossians. Thank you for their struggle with dealing with false teachers. So we're able to see what that means for our lives today and interpret what that means for our lives today and apply that to what we're going through. Thank you for your living and breathing word. Thank you for your son who died on a cross. Thank you for the gift that he offers us and the desire that he has for us to feel complete and full in salvation. I pray that these students feel that, that they would spend some time reflecting on why they may not feel satisfied or thankful for why they do in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.